Good evening. Today is Monday, October 23rd, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is on the traditions, and our speaker tonight is Lisa B. Um, all right, take it away, Lisa. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I didn't realize this is a recorded uh, meeting. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. I, I've never been here. Uh, it's I'm delighted to be here tonight. Um, Thank you for asking. And um, my name's Lisa, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I've been in program for six years. And again, although I've never been here, I'm very happy to be here with you tonight. Um, I'm going to be talking about tradition number nine. You know, I like I like talking to I I like talking about the traditions because you know a lot of people you know they don't get a lot of play. I, I understand that they don't get a lot of airtime, but. Uh, it kind of forces me to research and learn about the roots of this fellowship that has given me so much and to learn about how OA has come to be what it is today. Uh, and it, it fascinates me always because um, I've been an, an active participant in program, like I said, for six years, but I'm always amazed at how effective these meetings are that, that, and how they continue to hold the attention of people, you know, hundreds and thousands of people year after year. And and it's just it's so contrary to the behavior behavior in meetings that I'm so used to coming out of a, a 40 plus year corporate setting. So uh, you know when I dive into this work, I'm always amazed by the wisdom and the foresight that the people before us had in order to make all this work. We kind of um, take it for granted, you know, because when something isn't broken. You don't fix it, you know, and um, you don't really pay much attention to it. But it's really important to know that things were not always this way. And that we're lucky because we are reaping reaping the rewards of years of trial and error and a lot of hard lessons that had to be learned to arrive at this framework that we have right now. Um, so what Tradition 9 does is it allows our meetings to run as smoothly and as with as little drama as possible. And that's not a small thing at all. In today's day and age, that's not small at all. Um, so as a matter, before I get into the specifics of this uh, tradition, uh, I can't help but think, wouldn't it be just great if meetings all across corporate America all the offices across the the country or the world world for that matter, you know, would be could be conducted the way we conduct OA meetings, you know, where everyone listens to everyone else through the filter of love and tolerance. Right? And pe where people don't pass judgment. They don't treat each other, you know, badly. They treat each other with respect, regardless of their background. Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, I always say that, um, I say this often, it's like, I really and truly honestly believe that this 12 steps and the 12 traditions should be taught, you know, should be given as electives in, in, in the high schools and colleges so that people could learn, you know, this. I believe the world would be a better place if this was taught in school. I really do. Um, we don't learn how to behave. It's, it's, it's a learned behavior. Uh, so, you know, and, and like I, I have a lot of experience in belonging to different kinds of clubs. Like I said, I have a, a deep background in the corporate um, 
Marina, and I belong to all kinds of workshops and a lots, lots and lots of different organizations, you know, in all kinds of rooms, even in churches, you know, even in churches, you, you, it doesn't matter. The ego surface, there's always a hierarchy. There's always, um, somebody who is considered a leader who has a voice. And a lot of times there's a lot of problems. A lot of things arise. And that's just the way it is. Um, but people come here to help each other without wanting anything back. That's the difference, right? This idea goes against everything I was ever exposed to. So I'm saying here, can you imagine coming to a meeting, you know, and, and just be, being here to help one another without wanting, you know, or expecting anything back? I mean, that's what we do when we come here. So Tradition 9 states this. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Directly responsible to those they serve. It sounds easy enough and kind of straightforward, but when you take a look at that last clause, because, you know, that last clause where it says direct, directly responsible to those they serve, it packs a lot of punch. You know, you set up, if you set up service boards and committees that are directly responsible to those they serve, that means that these committees are not governing, they're serving. And there's a big difference between the two. OA takes more of a bottom-up approach as opposed to a top-down one. There are no stars, no VIPs, no executives that rise to power through a structure of any kind that tell us what to do. There's none of that here. And OA works because it is not organized. And being not formally organized isn't the same thing as being disorganized. We get a lot done in our meetings. We accomplish a lot and we do it fairly and without chaos. And that's what this tradition facilitates. So if you look at the longer version of tradition number nine, there's a, in, in the big book, there's a long and a short version. The longer version, um, it states that true leaders in OA are but trusted and experienced servants of the whole. So true leaders in OA are but trusted and experienced servants of the whole. That's what we are. We serve one another. We're not there to rise to any type, you know, any, any power. So could you imagine if this tradition didn't exist? Can you imagine if we were left to our own devices? People like us who come here because our lives are in chaos and we have a real hard time giving up control and letting go and letting God. Could you imagine if we didn't have this tradition? So, so uh, playing devil's advocate, could you imagine if the tradition read something like this? OA ought to be highly structured and every local group's mission is to serve the greater good as determined by OA leaders. Do you imagine us without personalities thriving in this kind of environment? I don't think so. There'd be rebellion. There'd be, you know, groups complaining that we're not running the meeting meetings exactly according to the OA leadership. You know, our egos would be rising to the top. We'd, there'd be infighting. There'd be jealousy. Um, so that's why Tradition 9 is is just, it, it kind of guarantees our success in spite of ourselves. Um. You know, it guarantees us freedom for our own, from our own egos and our own domineering, controlling personalities. And because of this tradition, 
all of our opinions and ideas carry the exact same weight. Right. Um, and then all, all, all decisions regarding the group are made together through motions and ult ultimately through a fair vote. Right. So just think of it. Our committees are made, our committees are made up of volunteers who are doing service. They are volunteering to serve, not to be a boss. And there are term limits. We can't get too cozy. You know, there's turnover, there's revolving committees. We take every precaution to be fair. And our group conscience is our only guide. Our group conscience is our only guide. It makes a lot of sense and it works. And it doesn't mean that we don't listen to advice or listen to suggestions from experienced OAers. I know we all know them. Um, there are people in OA who have a lot, a lot of abstinence and a lot of experience, and that's to be applauded for sure. But time in program does not give anyone the power to, to govern. And we don't place any more importance on that person. Why? Because like each one of us, we're here, we're only one day, day away from relapse. We're all only one day away from relapse. We take this one day at a time, so we're all equally important. We all hold ourselves accountable because we stand the most to lose. If we don't practice recovery to the best of our ability, we're going to relapse. We don't need anybody standing over us with rules and regulations to tell us that. We, we take our own recovery into our, in, into our own hands. We, of course, with our higher power, but you know what I'm, I'm saying here. We take our own personal responsibility. Um, so I do have a lot of gratitude for this tradition because by having no authority to defy, it frees me up to work the steps and allow my higher power to discipline my life. So um, I'm going to read just the basic. There are some basic tenets of Tradition 9. I don't want to leave anything out. And um, I'm going to read those to you. So Overeaters Anonymous as a whole is not organized. We have no president or vice president, no one with governing power. No groups or members can be expelled from OA. If traditions are broken, we can call it to the attention of the persons, groups involved, but not to demand compliance. We can suggest, but not order. The group that doesn't allow traditions will struggle with serious problems. Through trial and error, groups and service boards come to accept directions from those they serve. The steps and traditions are suggestions, not rules. Groups send representatives to their intergroups, who send representatives to the region and World Service Organization business meetings. The World Service Organization Board of Trustees has no governing authority. Intergroup is a collection of humble servants who act on behalf of their local meetings to carry the message to the broader community. OA does not have a rule book or anyone with enforcement authority. Tradition 9 reminds us that we only have the power to suggest and not to govern. That's basically really all I had to say tonight. I know it's quite short, but I invite everybody to uh, 
you know, to, to, to speak up about this. It's, uh, it's a, it's an important tradition. It's a very important tradition. And, um, I, uh, I was very happy to be able to speak to you tonight. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. <clears throat> I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Will the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. How about those hands, people? Does anyone um, wanna share or ask Lisa a question? Well, there everybody was all at once. <laughs> um, go right ahead, Carla. Hi, everyone. Welcome home. I'm Carla from the Bay Area of California. And Lisa, thank you so much. Um, thank you for that share. You know, I think so much about the traditions. And like you said, they're so precious to me because, you know, when four years and five months ago, I was at the end of the end of the end of myself. And I got to crawl into a room where two ladies were sitting at a table and I said, can y'all please help me? I can't quit eating. Those women didn't say, what's your problem? <laughs> they, they changed their whole format and handed me the OA 12 and 12 and we read the first step, which changed my life forever. But since then, and if, if y'all haven't read it, I just encourage everyone to read Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, The History of OA because it gives you such a special um, insight into this didn't just happen. It didn't just, we didn't get here today that every one of y'all can be welcomed home into a meeting exactly where you are, whatever you came here like, whatever you are like, and we welcome you with open arms. There was a lot of sweat and tears that went into Overeaters Anonymous. And Alcoholics Anonymous is still flabbergast me that in the 1930s, what was set up is still flourishing to this day, a way of living that who outside a 12-step program has any idea? I didn't. I'd never heard of it. I'd never imagined this way of living. But I really do also take to heart our responsibility pledge, which states that we are responsible, you know, that we are responsible for this message. So what I was given, I'm responsible to carry that message. You know, I didn't just get free from my compulsive eating. I was eating every few minutes. I was killing myself. I had family members who had already passed living like I was living, doing what I was doing. I knew what was ahead for me and I could not stop no matter how much fear, no matter how many plans, I couldn't stop. 
but our responsibility is always to extend the hand and heart of OA. OA has a heart. And that heart is that we in, in love and tolerance will walk this journey with you. And that's my time. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you for the traditions emphasis, Lisa. I really appreciate it. And I pass. Thank you, Carla. Uh, Angela, it's your turn. Hey, everyone. I'm Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Um, Thank you, everybody who's doing service tonight. Thank you, Lisa. Um, you know, I'm always impressed when um, people can talk about the traditions in a way that um, it's relatable. Um, I also really appreciate the, the traditions. Um, you know, when I remember when I first came into program, I came in through Al-Anon, actually, and I remember sitting in a meeting and just not, and, and and then a business meeting at that, right? But sitting in a meeting and not understanding how it was all working. I, I didn't understand how everybody was being so respectful of each other and uh, and and really just kind of listening to each other. And, um, you know, growing up in a dysfunctional home, uh, my voice was not valued. Um, I wasn't asked for my opinion. Um, I didn't feel like I had a voice, right? And so coming into program, understanding the traditions, understanding the parameters that this beautiful um, organization works under, um, you know, it's like everybody has a voice, right? Everybody gets to be heard. Um, everybody gets to have a vote. And uh, it's just not, it, yeah, like like you said, Lisa, it's just, it's not like that in anywhere in the world other than program, right? And so, you know, in an idealistic way of thinking, like amazing, right? If, if you can just imagine what it would be like if just certain organizations or companies ran ran this way, you know, to, you know, to make a difference, to show other people, you know, and I love the idea of the 12 steps being um, an elective or, you know, um, a requirement actually, you know, um, because you can flourish in this environment. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how it works other than, you know, uh, because the rules aren't enforceable, right? It's all guidelines and, uh, and we, all, we all feel value here, right? Maybe for the first time we feel value. So uh, it, it's been such an eye opener for me and such a way to live my life. And also just applying the, the principles of, of the traditions to my business has been crazy helpful, you know? I mean, amazingly helpful. So um, anyway, it, great meeting, um, loving uh, what I'm hearing so far. I look forward to hearing other people. And um, thank you so much, Lisa, again, thanks. Thank you, Angela. Yvonne, you're up. Thanks, everybody. I'm Yvonne A., uh, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. Um, and Lisa, thank you so much. Um, it's easy to kind of forget about the traditions on a day-to-day -day basis, even though we read them out um, at the beginning of so many meetings. It's like I find myself often um, distracted or not even paying attention. And so it's nice to be drawn into one specifically and talk about that for a bit. 
Um, and yeah, tradition, tradition nine is just, it's pretty fresh in my mind because I was at a region one, uh, convention a couple of weeks ago and that convention has a, um, committee, uh, that is put together to plan that, but they are volunteers. They are giving of their own time, trying to meet, um, the needs of as many possible people as they possibly can. So there was, I don't know, 200 plus people there. And they it, it's them as a group trying to have um, sessions that feel inclusive and something that a whole variety of people are going to find interesting. And, you know, yeah, sure. At the closing dinner, you know, somebody says, yeah, we'd like to thank the, the planning committee um, and they get a round of applause. But that is literally all they are getting for a year of work that goes into that. And it's just so selfless to me. Um, and, and it just so happens that the convention is in my in my area um, next year. And so I'm really hoping that I can uh, step up and volunteer and do um, some of that. And then, of course, the trick for me will be um, not having it my way, not having to think that I have all of these great ideas that everybody else should be listening to and, and putting in place, but just going there um, as a humble servant, what, ready to take direction and help wherever I can be helpful, whether that is setting up the um, water glasses and, and making sure that the ice jugs are on all the tables, or whether it's, you know, moderating a session, either one of those things is equally important to the experience that each and every one of us has when we walk into an event like that. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big event. It can just be a in-person meeting, um, even here on Zoom. Like we couldn't do this if people didn't step up um, and agree, even though it's not organized. We don't know ahead of time who's going to read the traditions or who's going to read the steps. And yet the meeting comes together because somebody steps up and, and volunteers to fill those positions. Um, if they didn't do that, our meetings would cease to exist. So um, yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing how this organization um, keeps going. Um, and I love too that the traditions all have their own spiritual principle as well. Um, and the well, reminder, Yvonne. Thank you. Um, spiritual principle for nine is is structure. And so while we don't have a perfect organization hierarchy or anything like that we still manage to have a structure that keeps us surviving one day at a time so thank you lisa and i pass thank you yvonne betty s share with us please Not working. I'm clicking on mute. You don't see it, Betty. Okay. There she is. There we go. Hi, everybody. I'm a Betty S. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Lisa, thank you for tackling a tradition. I respect you so much for putting it in such um, 
clear and concise words that we can all understand because the traditions are those, you know, I've been in the rooms a long time and every time somebody used to bring up a tradition, everybody would like, oh, brother, do we have to hear this, you know? But it wasn't like that at all. You did a beautiful job of explaining it and, and putting the truth out there. The truth is, away has come a long, long way. You know, and I am so grateful for those that have gone before us. Um, many, many, many years ago, and I want to share this with you because I'm, I feel so grateful and so moved by this. I went to a world convention. I used to live in Chicago. It was a world convention, and it was in Chicago, where I lived. And Roseanne, the, the founder of OA, was the speaker. And I met her. This Petite little woman, never would have known, you know, she, she would have came in the door today, you know, somebody would have said, what's she doing here? She, she had such passion for this program that, and just like you, Lisa, that passion was passed down for decade and decades and decades from way before her, way before her, back to Bill Wilson. So when I hear the history and I hear the uh, meaning and the guidelines of the traditions, it means more than just A, B, and C. It means that we're here all together and we want to do this together. We want to help each other because there's just no other reason to be here. Uh, we want to get well and that's the only way we can do it. Um, and as a compulsive overeater, I know for myself, I was the queen of control. You know, if I didn't like something, I would say it maybe very nicely, but I would say it. In a way, I have a voice, it uh, was mentioned before. We have group conscience meetings. You have something going on, uh, an issue, an idea, whatever it is, you bring it, there's a place to go. There's a place to bring it. And that for, for me, and hopefully for everybody else, is freedom. That's freedom within the group. So because we don't have that hierarchy and that top-down control, We've got freedom, freedom to be here, freedom to be ourselves. And that to me in recovery is worth a million. It's priceless. We could, I couldn't buy it anywhere. So I'm grateful, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful you are all here. Thank you everybody for doing great service. And, and Lisa, thanks so much for making this tradition come alive. It, it really means a lot. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Betty. All right, Joe, will you share with us? Hey, I'm uh, Joe, I'm a compulsive overeater. <clears throat> I wanna start by saying I am in relapse and I'm miserable. Um, I've been crazy for four days. I'm gonna put my number in the chat. I need outreach calls. So I'm just gonna say that because I don't wanna say that. Um, I really appreciate what Lisa said about um, Imagine, I, I think you said that. Sometimes I'm not sure I'm hearing everybody completely, but my head told me that you said, imagine what it would be like if in our craziness, we tried to run these meetings on our own steam and our own understanding, and that would be nuts. And I have at least the last four out of five meetings, I'm doing at least a meeting a day, and at least four out of the last five meetings I've attended have been on the traditions. And every single time I have that reaction, it's like, Oh my God, not again. So, but I totally understand that left to my own devices, 
I could not have done this or set this up or would not be able to be useful in a meeting. I need instructions, which is the basis of this whole organization, right? We're not capable of doing anything without some very specific instructions. Um, and an example of just how crazy I can be is that I have I have Zoom walked out of meetings this week for people breaking rules. Like I've had a snit fit about like, you know, they said at the beginning of the meeting, we're not going to mention anybody, any food, any single food. And somebody mentions the food and I'm like, that's it. I'm out of here. And that's, that's just my disease. Only paying attention to one tiny little thing instead of taking in all that's good. It's like, oh, I found it. I found the reason. I should not be here. You know, whatever. Nuts. Um, and that kind of focus on the minutia and the negativity is something that I can do so easily. And I'm, and the more I'm in the food, the more it is my instant reaction to things. When I'm abstinent, I can be open to new ideas and I can be open to people's opinions and I can be open to love and respect and all those things. And when I'm not abstinent, it's really hard for that kind of stuff to get through. Um, I don't believe in Satan, but I do believe there's a bad actor in my head that like will pop up and say things like, I don't belong here. This is a cult. This is some form of religion I'm not attracted to. And a million other reasons to walk out. And yet I know based on experience with OA, I've had years of recovery and acceptance and love and friendship and support. And it is amazing to me that I can still tune that out and tune some tiny negative thing in. Um, and most of that wasn't about the tradition, but as you all know, when you're in the food, you don't make sense. So forgive me for not making sense. Help me. I need your help. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. We're glad you're here. Um, Amy, share with us, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy L. in California, grateful compulsive eater. And thank you, Lisa, so much. Um, I wrote down a couple of things that really resonated. People come here to help each help one another without expecting anything back. You said something like, you know, what would the world be like if we all lived by these traditions? And it's true. I mean, you said our our leaders are but trusted servants, you know, in the in the ninth tradition, we do not govern. Um we volunteer, but nobody is the boss. Our positions rotate. I mean, all these little things are so powerful to keep our egos in check because, you know, we work the steps. We're, we're all people who are seeking power. We all relied on our own small self for power. And we're vulnerable to seeking power, even in a, a fellowship like this. And it's, miraculous that these programs work the way they do it is miraculous it's there's a so many of the traditions are you know that i'm so grateful for like our our i'm going to paraphrase our common purpose is what matters first you know oa unity yes because together we are so much greater than the sum of its parts and how that works how we could come in 
like have, being terrified, thinking this is a cult, whatever, we've all been there. And somehow we, we feel some kind of power in the rooms and we lean into that bit by bit. And, we, you know, it's infectious. I mean, I believe that. I believe whether it, you know, took me years. But there is a power we come in. But we also need guidelines because we never rise above the level of human. And so I can't tell you over the years how many times I said, ever remembering to place principles before personalities. Because we have some big personalities in these rooms. And I have a big ego that comes up sometimes too. So again, you know, we we learn to that it's 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 feels so much better to um let go of those small thoughts. You know, I I have them, you know, somebody shared about looking at the negative, identifying out. Yes, that's me and my small self. But so I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much, Lisa, for that takes a lot of courage to pick one tradition. And you did a beautiful job. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I pass. Thank you, Amy. Um, I was going to share. My hand kept going down somehow. But, um, you know, I experienced this in another fellowship where when I started there, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Meredith, uh, recovered and recovering compulsive overeater, everybody. Um, I was in another fellowship. And uh, when I started there, it was this thriving, amazing, energetic, powerful place. And um, I mean, people were like sitting on the floor and in the doorways and everything. And um slowly but surely like one person ended up I'm I'm sure this was not their intent but like they started volunteering for everything and I think you know thinking thinking that it was like good and helpful but what is also good and helpful is you know for the same people not to do service all the time to kind of just let other people step up. And uh, what happened was that meeting died. It just got choked and died um, because it was one personality kind of ruling the whole thing. And I, I, I left that meeting, not because of that. Um, and then I, I needed an, it was Al-Anon. I, <clears throat> I needed a meeting you know, a couple of years later. And I, I was like, I'm going to go back to that meeting because it was so good. Well, it was that person and like four other people <laughs> and it was awful. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, but I love that, you know, um, that was what was shared about how, I don't know. There's just so many aspects of it that are just life-giving and powerful and infectious. You know, when I first came to this meeting, um, I was in a bit of despair and it was like a love fest. I call it a love fest here at CYOC. And it really just um, gave me a lot of hope and 
um, more fellowship with people I love. I don't, I, you know what, I'm not even talking about the ninth tradition, but, um, I guess it, it really, it really is just a miracle how, um, I think somebody said it's, it's not structured, but it really is. There's just undergirds the whole thing and that we can just rely on that. Like when in doubt, all these things are really common sense. If you think about it, um, and I think we just run afoul or like we just get sideways when, um, when we're not following these, but, um, I don't know. It's just like, we always know where to look to, for our guardrails, I guess. Um, I could so easily fall into that you know, worshiping somebody and wanting to, wanting to please them and, and taking my eye off the, the real purpose of this thing is to fit myself to be of maximum service to my fellows and, and God. So, um, yeah. Yay. Traditions. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for sharing tonight. Um, and I'll pass. And Yvonne, is you're going to stop the recording? Okay. <laughs>